this podcast contains graphic content and adult language. Listener discretion is advised. Hey guys, it's Kayla. It's Katie. And you're listening to Murder, Mayhem, and Merlot. What you got going today, Katie? What do you mean? What do I have going? What case? Oh, I know what case of that. So, like, ah, I'm so excited. Why are you so excited? I mean, it's just one of those cases, man. It is one of those cases. It's one of those cases where, like, it's one of those that keep me up at night sometimes. It is. It's one of those cases I have my Google alerts set to. There, there are. It's an important case to tell, and I'm so excited that you're telling it. I did a lot mm-hmm. of typing. Yeah. I did nine pages worth. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, this is a case that you and I have literally set. I mean, when we when we tell you we started this podcast, like this is one that we would sit and talk the, about. Yeah, this is the one that Mikey was like, "Okay, why don't you just like talk about it with other people?" Like, yeah, you know, why don't you just? This is one of those cases where you would just sit around and and just. Mikey's go. like, "I'm sick of have a having to be here and sit here and listen to it myself." So yeah, <laughs> please make someone else listen to it. <laughs> Thank you. So yeah, I'm really I'm really excited about this one. I am going to cover Bryce Las Pisa today. And, and that name, last name, is not easy to say. Like, I always butcher it, so I'm glad you're doing it. It is kind of a tongue twister. I always want to say Las Pisa. Las Pisa or Las... Las Pisa. Yeah, something. I'm just... Yeah. So, Bryce Las Pisa was an only child born to Karen and Michael Las Pisa. Bryce was born on April 30th, 19, 1944. No, he wasn't. He wasn't that old. No, he wasn't. He was born on April 30th, 1994. Bryce grew up in Naperville, Illinois. He grew up as a happy kid. He enjoyed art and was reportedly very friendly with other kids and kids in the neighborhood. And his father, Michael, said that he had a lot of friends and that it was very easy for him to make friends. He just had that kind of personality. His mother said that he was always an open book with his parents and he spoke with them about any and everything. Bryce attended Naperville Central High School just outside of Chicago, and he graduated in 2012. Bryce moved to California with his parents shortly after graduating. The Lespizas were able to retire fairly early and wanted to be near their son when he went to college. Bryce had decided to attend Sierra Community College in Rockland, California. Bryce was going to study graphic and industrial design. Bryce's parents moved to Laguna Niguel in Orange County, a little over seven hours from Bryce. That, that, that one's harder to say for me than their name. Yeah. Laguna Niguel. Yeah, and so they were seven hours from him, right? That was you? Yes. Seven hours. Yeah, okay. Bryce had a very successful first year in college. Bryce became really good friends with his roommate. His roommate's name was Sean Dixon. Bryce had also gotten a girlfriend that was in mutual classes with him in his first year at Sierra College. Her name was Kim Sly. Bryce expressed over summer break how thrilled he was to get back to college again in the fall, and he seemed really happy and hopeful for his future. So during summer break, he'd gone back to see his parents. Bryce drove back to Rockland two weeks before school was set to start back up. 
He spoke with his girlfriend, Kim, on the phone when he got back, and she said that everything seemed completely normal on the phone. Nothing seemed weird. He wasn't acting weird, didn't say anything weird. Bryce began classes again and was doing well in school. After a while, Bryce seemed to start to act a little strange. Sean and Kim both reported that Bryce began acting withdrawn, depressed, and manic. Kim says that Bryce started taking Vyvanse. Vyvanse is a controlled medication that is given to patients with ADHD. Vyvanse is lisdexamphetamine, so obviously amphetamines. Mm-hmm. Vyvanse alters the balance of chemicals in the brain that increase dopamine and norepinephrine levels, which is a stimulant inside of your body. When taking Vyvanse, you can experience side effects like depression, being manic, heart racing, dizziness, trouble sleeping, hallucinations, and psychosis, especially if you were taking the drug without actually needing it, which Bryce was. He was never diagnosed with ADHD. It is also a high probability that Bryce was staying up for days at a time while taking this drug depending on how much he was taking. And that can induce psychosis, too. Like That was literally my next sentence. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that was so funny. I was like, you literally took the words right off of my page. <laughs> well, continue. <laughs> but that is very true. So yes. staying up for days at a time is also going to make that significantly worse. Sean also said that Bryce had begun drinking hard liquor every single day. Sean reported that Bryce would drink two-fifths in one weekend all by himself. Oh, God. That's a lot. That's a lot of liquor. I can't even... I'm going to sound like such a lightweight, and I am. But, like, I, you know me. Like, I love wine, but after one or two glasses, I'm down for the count. One. Let's just let's, be real honest. One glass of wine, maybe not even completely finished. Kayla is asleep on the couch like a child. <laughs> she just be sleeping. She just be out. Night, night. Me and Mikey just have to hang out and just make fun of her while she sleeps. <laughs> Which is exactly what we do. Sean was also able to confirm that Bryce was, in fact, taking Vyvanse. Kim confronted Bryce about his drugs and drinking, and Bryce did admit to Kim that he had been taking Vyvanse, but it was just so he could stay up all night and play video games. But he expressed to Kim that it was not a big deal and that he was fine. Everyone around Bryce thought that something had happened to him. Something was wrong. But Bryce insisted to everyone around him that he was perfectly fine. Nothing had happened. Maybe he was just tired. During the first two weeks back in school, people around Bryce said that his use of Vyvanse had become very frequent. So I think that Bryce was staying up for days at a time. Yeah, I mean, definitely the the alcohol, like the liquor and the Vyvanse is, is not a good combination. It's a very... That's an upper and a downer. Downer together, and that's just not um, sustainable. No. And then the staying up is also... I mean, he it was not. just a... And that's just a cocktail of disaster. It is. Yeah. On August 27th, Bryce texted Kim and broke up with her out of the blue. Bryce said that she would, quote, be better off without him. He had texted Sean the same day saying, quote, I love you, bro. Seriously. You were the best person I ever met. You saved my soul. The way he phrased that was weird. Yeah, it, it is. You saved my soul. He also proceeded to give Sean his Xbox that day and a pair of diamond earrings that his mother Karen had gifted him. Which to me, that that would have shot up red flags in my brain to indicate suicide possibly. I mean, as for us it would. Mm -hmm. You know, like just giving away your stuff all of a sudden, especially stuff that is... Two things that meant a lot to him. Yeah, like one really like 
What was it, diamond? His diamond earrings that his mother had given okay, him. Okay, so yeah, the diamond earrings, that's sentimental. And then the Xbox, it's something he really enjoyed, enjoyed doing. So it's kind of, um, it is definitely a red flag. Oh, yeah. Um, But maybe at the time, it just didn't occur to them. To occur to them, yeah. On August 28th, Sean called Karen Laspisa, Bryce's mom, and said that he was very worried about Bryce. Later that night, Bryce called his mom. Bryce said that he was at Kim's place, so his now ex-girlfriend, and that she had taken his keys away from him and was refusing to give them back to him. Karen asked to speak with Kim. Kim explained to Karen that she did not think that Bryce was in any condition to drive and that something was wrong with him. Karen was able to defuse the situation somehow, and she convinced Kim to return Bryce's keys. Bryce got back on the phone with his mother, and Karen told Bryce to go back home to his apartment. Karen told him she was going to fly up there the next day and that she was looking for plane tickets at the time. Bryce told her, quote, Mom, no, don't make any airline reservations until I talk to you because I have a lot to talk to you about. Bryce hung up the phone, got into his 2003 Toyota Highlander, and left Kim's at around 11.30 p.m. Let me just say, if something major happened to you and you need to tell someone, tell them ASAP. Don't be like, wait, I'll tell you tomorrow. Tell him, because whatever it was that happened to Bryce or whatever he was going to tell his mom could have helped find him, but now we'll never know. So if you have like some big secret that you were intending to share with someone, do that like now, because if something happens like this, it could have been useful information, but now we'll never know. Yeah, it's definitely a what if. Oh, yeah. And it's just strange, the odd behavior. And then he tells his mom, no, don't come up here. I'm coming home tomorrow. Like, I've got a lot to talk to you about. Right. Like, he, he's saying, let me, let me tell, let me call you and tell you before you book a plane ticket, which makes me think that, like, he was kind of worried to tell her in person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, I'm kind of afraid of her reaction. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So. And it's obviously not like, hey, mom, I got my girlfriend pregnant or anything because he broke up with her and that didn't happen. So it was nothing like along those lines, obviously. So I just, I don't know. That's one of the things that I'm like, what were you going to tell your mom? Mm-hmm. At 1 a.m. on August 29th, Bryce called his mother, Karen. She missed the call, but assumed that when she saw the missed call the next morning, that he was just saying that he had made a home. But phone records later revealed that Bryce was a couple hours south of Rockland. At 11 a.m., the Las Pisas got an alert from their insurance saying that roadside assistance was used by Bryce. Christian, the owner of Castro Tire and Gas in Buttonwillow, said that he had delivered three gallons of gas to Bryce at around 9 a.m. after Bryce's car ran out. Buttonwillow was about halfway between Bryce's apartment and the Las Pisas home. By noon that day, Bryce was still not home. So he was probably roughly three, three and a half hours away from home or something. The Las Pisas were able to get in contact with Christian through their insurance company. Christian offered to go back to where he had taken the gas to Bryce and see if Bryce was still there. Christian drove back to the spot and there sat Bryce in his car in the exact same spot that he had been hours before that. Christian approached Bryce in his car and told him that he had spoken with his parents and that they were extremely worried. Christian contacted the Las Pisas and told them that Bryce had not moved in hours and that his eyes seemed a little red, but that was really it. Bryce then called his mother. Karen convinced Bryce to make the three-hour drive home Christian watched Bryce leave at around 3 p.m. Hours passed and Bryce's parents had still not heard from him. They had both tried to call and text him several times with no response. 
At that time, they decided that they needed to file a missing persons report. Phyllis Pieces contacted the Orange County Sheriff's Department and told them the entire story of what had unfolded. Phyllis Pieces gave the police permission to ping Bryce's cell phone. They were able to locate Bryce from this, and he was only eight miles away from where Christian had seen him hours ago. Deputy Hernandez was able to make contact with Bryce. When police spoke with Bryce, they reported that he seemed completely fine and lucid. They said that he was very friendly with officers and complied with requests to search his vehicle. No drugs or alcohol were found on Bryce or in his car, and the officer said that he did not show any signs of intoxication. Again, police told Bryce that his parents were extremely worried at this point and that he needed to call them right then and right now. Bryce hesitated but eventually complied with their request and called his mother. Karen asked her son what he was doing, to which he replied, quote, putting my things back in my car because the police searched it. Like, that's not what I meant. Like, <laughs> like he took it the most literal way, which yeah. is weird. Because yeah. he knew what she was asking. Mm-hmm. You knew what your mama was asking. She was asking, what the hell are you doing still there? Yeah. Not, not, when you could be home. Yeah, like not in the literal sense, my guy. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like he knew what his mom was asking. And he just said that instead. Yep. She also said that Bryce had told her he was only there because he was going to meet friends there. No one has ever been able to find out who these, quote, friends were or why he had to wait there for so many hours to meet them. Police left and everyone assumed, once again, that Bryce would head home. Later that night, Christian had looked at his phone and saw that he had missed a call from Karen earlier in the day. He called her back and learned that Bryce was still not home. Christian offered to drive to where police had left Bryce and see if he was still there. When Christian arrived, he found Bryce in the same spot again that police had spoken with him at earlier. Christian told Bryce he needed to go home now and offered to follow him for a bit on the road. Bryce agreed and they started driving. Christian followed Bryce for roughly 10 miles before pulling over on the side of the road to call Karen and let her know that her son was now on Interstate 5 and heading home. Bryce stopped at 12.30 a.m. to get gas and get a drink. About 20 minutes later, his mother called him and he didn't answer. At 1.50 a.m. on August 30th, Bryce got a call from his mom again, and this time he did answer. Bryce acted shifty in his responses to his mother. He would not tell Karen his exact location or any landmarks near him. He told his mother that there were no road signs and it was too dark to see anything around him, but he did say that his GPS said that he would be at his parents' house at 3.25 a.m. and hung up the phone. At 2.09 a.m., Bryce would speak to his parents for the last time. He spoke with his mom and told her that he was too sleepy to drive any longer and was pulling off the road to go to sleep. Karen and Michael both thought that this was a good idea and told him that it was. Karen told her son to sleep for a couple of hours, get up, and then head straight home. They said their goodbyes and told each other that they would see each other in the morning. Karen and Michael would never see their son again. At around 8 a.m., the Las Pizas heard a knock at the door. They both sighed in relief, believing that this was Bryce and that he had finally arrived at home. Once they opened their door, their nightmare began. Standing in front of them was a California Highway Patrol officer. The officer asked if they owned a 2003 beige Toyota Highlander. And when they said yes that their son drove it, the officer informed them that the car had been found abandoned near Castaic Lake in Los Angeles County, about 95 miles from his parents' home. The car was found at 5.30 a.m. at the bottom of a 25-foot embankment. The car was found lying on its side, 
The rear window of the car had been shattered, and police believed that Bryce had kicked and broken it in order to get out of the car. Bryce's phone, laptop, and wallet were all still inside the car, but Bryce was missing. Two small drops of blood were found inside of the car, one on the passenger seat headrest and another in the back seat. After the blood was tested, it was found to be a match for Bryce. Detectives believe that based off the small amount of blood that was found inside of the car, that he had not sustained any major injuries. Around the crime scene, detectives found a duffel bag that had been unzipped and left lying where they found it. Detectives believed Bryce had taken something out and then left. It must have been something more important than his phone or his wallet since he took it with him, but none of those other things from the car. And I also think like he wasn't that badly injured from that because he was able to kick a window out. Like if you're super like hurt, hurt or, you know, it's going to be more difficult to kick a window out. Oh, yeah. So, And it's just weird that he left all of those things, but grabbed something out of this duffel bag. Right. Like, what did you have in the duffel bag? Yeah. And see, I I feel like initially you would think... Like, the first thing I would bring is my wallet. Because you're going to need money. And and initially, like, people thought, oh, maybe he took, like, drugs with him. But when they had searched him earlier, there was no drugs found anywhere in his bags or inside the car or on him. True. Sure, he could have bought alcohol somewhere at this point. Or... Depending on the laws in whatever area he was in. Because, you know, some places won't sell it after a certain time. But yeah. he wouldn't have been able probably to get Vivance from somebody on the road. Yeah. You know no, what I'm that, saying? Yeah. yeah. You'd have to have, like, usually that's a pretty specific. Yeah. And you don't just walk up to some random stranger in a random town and just ask for drugs. Yeah. So. Unless he was meeting those people he said he was meeting. But, I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe. After further review of the crime scene, police determined that based off of the tire tracks left by the SUV, Bryce had actually accelerated while going down the embankment. So why would he have crashed his car deliberately? That was everybody's question. Why? Yeah. I mean, what was the point? He keeps holding off and holding off on going to his parents and then just randomly just shoots down an embankment. Right. It's just weird. It's all weird. Police held search parties on foot, on four-wheelers, on horseback. They used bloodhounds and cadaver dogs. There was also a dive team that was called in to search the lake that was nearby. Canine search teams followed Bryce's scent down Lake Hughes Road to a gas station and a truck stop. That is where the scent ended. Nothing else was found during any searches on land or in the lake. That tells me he got picked up. Right. I feel like he got picked up. If you get to the truck stop and then the scent just dies, Mm -hmm. I feel like he got picked up. At 2.15 a.m., minutes after telling his mom that he was stopping to sleep, Surveillance footage had shown Bryce turning onto and driving down Lake Hughes Road. He was seen again on surveillance footage driving down the same road at 4.29 a.m. He did not appear on camera again after this. This was the last piece of evidence authorities obtained during their search. So it just seems to me, because you know I've thought about this case Mm -hmm. so much. Mm -hmm. I've talked about this case oh so much. And... It's just a lot of erratic behavior. Mm-hmm. And the the accelerating down the hill, I go back and forth because a part of me feels like he was trying to get away from something. Mm-hmm. Something, someone was really troubling this young man. Mm-hmm. And to the point where I don't, I, I don't know if he knew what to do. And a part of me thinks like, on the way, he was trying to make a decision 
on where he was going to go and what he was going to do to get away from the situation he was in. And in that moment, he made that decision mm-hmm. to to go down an embankment. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think the surveillance footage has showed like anybody else in the car with him. I don't think that's no. ever been. And he's like, going thing. the same direction both times. Right. That's another weird thing is yeah. like he goes the same direction on the road both times two hours apart. Mm-hmm. And this is also the same road that um, the canine unit followed his scent on. Yeah. So they wouldn't have followed that from the car. They would mm-hmm. have followed that as in he walked that way. Yeah. So, and I think, you know, because the scent does stop at that truck stop, I think he may have gotten in the car or a truck with someone mm-hmm. and he met, he ended up getting in the car with the wrong person or whatever he was running from found him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On September 4th, 2013, not even a week after Bryce's disappearance, police responded to a fire near Castaic Lake where they discovered charred human remains. Detectives believe that this may have been Bryce, but after tests were run, it turned out to not be Bryce. The Lispeases felt that the local authorities were not handling the investigation as they should have. They then decided to hire a private investigator. The private investigator failed to find any new evidence in the case, but they did come up with a likely theory that Bryce suffered a head injury during the car accident, resulting in amnesia and Bryce being disoriented and possibly never returning to him who he was. In 2015, Karen and Michael Ospisa paid for a sonar specialist to check Castaic Lake once more. Nothing came of this search either. Over the years, there have been several reported sightings of Bryce Pisa in Texas, Oregon, and California. Despite these unconfirmed sightings, Bryce's bank account, credit cards, social security number, nor his passport have ever had any activity. Police theorized that Bryce took his own life in the early months of the investigation. They had also believed that maybe he had just decided to walk away from his life and start anew. The Las Pisas said that neither of those theories could be true. Bryce would never have run away from home and he would have never taken his own life. In 2022, the Find Bryce Las Pisa Facebook page reported a credible sighting of Bryce in Missoula, Montana. It was a photo of an unkempt looking man that looked identical Bryce. I remember this. Yes, he was just older. Yes, I remember this. He was on like a bike or something, right? It was something like that. It's been a while. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. (laughs) Detective Ethan Smith was able to track down the man from the photo and confirm that it was not Bryce, but Detective Smith did note that it was uncanny how similar they looked. And here's the thing about Bryce. This isn't like you, you would be able to tell if you saw Bryce. This boy had bright red hair. Yeah. Your youngest has red hair. I feel like Bryce's hair is even brighter red. Yeah. Like, I feel like... He has these... And your son has, like, orange hair. And Bryce's is, like, the next level up. Like, you would know unless he's changed his hair color. Exactly. He has, like, these distinct features that... It's just not on everyone. Mm -hmm. You know, like... And he's got a real, like, distinct tattoo. Yeah. And I think he has like freckles on his face. Like he's mm-hmm. he's a ginger. He's you know he's a, yeah. he's a redhead through and through. And you'd know you would. pretty much you would know. So it's not it's very he has very distinct features. Yeah. So you would absolutely know what happened to Bryce Las Pisa remains a mystery. Police do not believe that Bryce died from injuries obtained in the car crash and that he was alive and walked away from that car. It is possible 
and it's theorized that maybe Bryce experienced a mental break from the drug and alcohol use and is living off of the grid somewhere. I don't think so because something catapulted him into using these drugs and using the alcohol like he was. Mm -hmm. You don't just up and decide one day, I'm going to start drinking two-fifths in one weekend all the time. You you don't just decide to do that. No. I mean, things can escalate with, with drugs and alcohol pretty quickly. And, you know, he's in call. He was in college. I could, that's what I'm saying. I and could even so, give him the Vivance, but the alcohol like that. Yeah, like the Vivance, I could see like him wanting to. He, he said to play video games, but there's also like exams and, and, and lots of students actually do that. Yeah, they, they need something to help them stay awake. So they can study and stuff yeah. like that. So, I could give them the Vivance, but not the alcohol. But And the alcohol is part of college, too. But that is excessive. That's not party drinking. No. It, that's not, let's just, That's you know, I have a drinking problem, yeah. drinking. That is, I'm trying to forget something drinking. Mm-hmm. And it's it was just so out of nowhere. Right. Like, he just woke up one day and started doing this. And I don't know what his family history is. You know, I don't think that either of his parents were alcoholics. You know, I don't know if it runs in his family. But... I don't think so. So it's like, I don't know if he has a predisposition, mm-hmm. all that, but um, it is very odd. And I think the staying in one spot for however long he Hours. did. I, I mean, just to me, I I feel like he was panicking, mm-hmm. trying to decide what to do. That's just what I, when every time I think about this, I think about him sitting there and trying his best to stay calm, trying to figure out what his next move is going to be. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he wanted to bring it home to his parents. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to know, like, and no one's ever come forward. So it could have been a lie or it could have had something to do with a bad situation. These supposed friends that he was supposed to meet up. Yeah. Either they're not coming forward because, like I said, it was a bad situation or they're not coming forward because he lied and they don't exist and he was never meeting anyone there. Mm-hmm. And the thing was, it was like you went from location A, drove eight miles, and then stopped at location B. And mm-hmm. that's where you were going to meet friends? Like, you couldn't have met him eight miles? Like, that's not that far. No, and the going back and forth on that road, I just, I don't know. In he, the same he either had, yeah, he either had, Yeah, he either had... Like you said, a mental break and it was totally erratic and he didn't like he didn't even know he was in the world, maybe. But it's the accelerating down the hill that because it's one thing to just be going down a hill and then crashing. Mm-hmm. It's another thing to accelerate down said hill. Oh, yeah. And then crashing. Those are two different things and mm-hmm. with two different meanings. So like I said, I have this set to my Google alerts. I mm-hmm. this is one like Give, give me a glass of wine and we you know have a convo and, about it. and time because I could go through this so many times. But yeah, it's um this one and more Murray. Mm-hmm. It's just it's wild. Yep. It's wild. It's just how do people vanish like that? And under so, his is just so odd through and through. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it is. It's one of those that he just up and disappears. They never found. You know, people are like, well, maybe he's dead. Y'all, y'all, I'm like, we've never found him. Never even found an indication that he's somewhere. Yeah. And just to leave your phone and your wallet and everything. And, and everything. And I understand people saying, well, maybe, you know, he was murdered or something like that because of the lack of activity on anything that was tied to him. But it's just like, 
We found nothing, though. Mm-hmm. Absolutely nothing. Yeah, nothing. It's 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 just weird. It's mm-hmm. all just odd to me. So many unanswered questions. And it's like, you know, my last episode with Amy Lynn Bradley, there were credible sightings of Amy. Mm-hmm. There was kind of a trail with Amy. And with with Bryce, though, there's not. There's nothing. And it's just... I mean, it is like he crashed that car. He kicked out that window. He got something out of that bag. Mm-hmm. And he disappeared. Yep. I mean, it is like he just floated to another universe. Mm-hmm. He's just gone. And it is so strange. Yes. And I feel like maybe now, you know, if he is still alive somewhere and he's just like living a different life, maybe he's dyed his hair and stuff now. But I feel like in those following days, if you would have seen him, you would have known. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And and they, his parents had his face everywhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are huge billboards on the news. Like, they yeah. were everywhere. Yep. It's just strange. So, if Bryce, if you're listening to this, you don't have to, if, if you were running from something... Keep running if if that's what you need to do, but just let someone know that you're alive. Yeah, just let someone know if you want to stay. Okay. If if you want to stay gone, stay gone. You know, I don't know what your family life was like. I don't know what you're running from, mm-hmm. but just be like, you know, just tell someone like I'm alive. You know, like yeah, and and keep and keep it pushing. You know, but it's it's. I just don't think. I I just I think there was a lot going on in his life that something, we just don't know. Something happened. Yeah. Because he was going to tell his mom something. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, yeah. So, mm-hmm. Bross was 5'11", 170 pounds, red hair, bright red hair, and bright blue eyes when he went missing. He was last seen in a pair of white cargo shorts, a blue and white checkered shirt, and red and white Nike shoes. Bryce has a tattoo on his left shoulder of a Taurus bullhead. Anyone with information about the case, any tips or any sightings, please call 949-292-4400. That is the Bryce Las Pisa tip line. You can also call the L.A. County Sheriff's Office at 323-890-5500 or email photos if you believe that you have seen Bryce at findbrycelaspisa at gmail.com. That's why we do this. Mm Mm-hmm. Because we're just a small little podcast. But someone could have seen him. Someone could have seen him. Or know something mm-hmm. to help find him. So, yeah. I'm so glad we finally got this story told. I know. Yeah. It's a good one. It's one that blows me away and just racks me full of questions. Yep. And next week, next week will be my cousin Mary Jones episode. Katie and I, last week, went to my cousin Mary's killer's parole hearing Mm -hmm. and that was an experience that i don't think either of us will ever forget no it was um it's a very formidable experience for us and um we'll talk about it more on on next week's episode yeah um but i am putting that episode together now yeah and And next week's episode may be a longer episode because we did plan on like explaining the whole parole hearing and everything that happened that we mm-hmm. um that her sister graciously let us go with her too so yeah mary's sister let us yeah uh, my cousin patty she allowed us to come to and it was um it was an experience so it may be a longer episode but um 
one worth listening it, to. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's an episode that has been a long time coming. Mm-hmm. So just um, come back. And, yeah. You know. And even though, you know, some people be like, well, it's an older case. Yada, yada, yada. He got put in jail. Like we just said, we went to the paroling. The, yeah. the paroling. <laughs> the parole hearing. I can't English today. You yeah. know, this is. He's he has the opportunity to get out every few years, and that's why it's important to still talk about what he did mm-hmm. because he did it. Yes, and it's not okay. And he offers nothing to society, and the family shouldn't have to go through this, and the victim shouldn't have to go through this every two, three, four, five years, even sometimes every year. Mm-hmm. So this is still a fight, even though we know that he did this yes. for the family and the victims to keep him behind bars. He admits that he did it. Oh yeah, you know, I mean, I'm not saying he takes like. Any sort, I mean, he takes responsibility, but he doesn't at the same time. No, he doesn't. And so, while that that part of the story is kind of done, you know, we know who did it. The story isn't over Mm-mm. because my family is con- having to continually fight for justice for Mary and Mitzi and Mitzi, who survived, is still having to go face yeah the man who. Who did these, took her life away? Yeah, unspeakable, unspeakable act. So, um, definitely, definitely come back next week so you can hear that episode. Mm-hmm. Okay, and with that, we will talk to you next time. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks, guys. Bye. We'd like to thank Mikey Kinley for audio and editing, and our friend Avalyn Yulaberry for our cover art. Make sure to like and follow us on social media on Facebook and Instagram. Our Instagram is M3Podcast, and you can find us on Facebook under the name of our podcast, which is Murder, Mayhem, and Merlot.